and welcome to Commuters. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie, and I'm wondering if maybe we could curse a little bit less on this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you asked for that. Darn it. That's set up. This. <sighs> yeah. I thought Jim was going to use no. his new sound effect. We have a new well, he wasn't ready for you. I'm terrible with it. You have so to like, give him like a preemptory. It's, it's an art, and I am <laughs> awful at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to give some sort of like a fa or an ing on one side so it sounds like you actually. I think know? I just need to say it. No, please don't. Yeah, because if plans. I do it, if if I do that, it does no. block it. Yeah, yeah, it blocks I, uh, it when I hit it. So if I say uh, Brian go. Uh, did it? Yeah, I don't think he so. can't hear me. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's, that's what exactly. this is for. Yeah, but that's only going to work if you're. Well, you are the one that uses that word the most. So, okay, game on. Yeah, thank I you. Think it'll f I appreciate that. Thank you. I thank wasn't you, even going to say anything. Thank until you. you. Brought it up, so that was fine. Like uh, today we were looking at the film Lady Bird, which was amazing. Uh, but before that, uh, quick fact check. Uh, actually, before that. What are we drinking this episode? Oh. I'm so thrown off but are you, by yeah, our sorry. use of profanity. <laughs> I, I am going to the well once again. It is Four Roses Small Batch Select. Let me smell it. Let it smell is. It. How small is that batch? It's like if you vanilla and it's, caramel. It, it's a little less than half now left. So I got to back it off. It's so very delicious. Back smelling. Katie, what do you have? I can even sip that. And it's like. Also, it's I get it. It is so good. I Here, get it. I'll sip it. it. Yeah. After this sip, I am drinking One Hope Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, which I paired with a little dark chocolate with flecks of ro a raspberry. Flex. Flex. Just little little freeze dried raspberry. Flex. Little chips. Little chips. Pandemic game is stepping up. Mm. I am drinking uh, Buddha. It's so sugary. <laughs> Buddha Ooh. I like him. He's Brian. the happy Buddha. He is a happy, fat little Buddha. He From should have Washington. a pot of opium. Oh, I love that. A happy company. Buddha has. Mm, I like that. So he's, he's I like that happy. one a lot. Um, <laughs> so when we were last together on mm -hmm. one of our special Thursday night episodes, we had Craig Goldberg joining us. Mm -hmm. Katie you, was unable to join us. Uh, Long day. Any quick thoughts on your... We briefly mm. talked about your selection at the end because we knew you couldn't make it. Yes. Uh, would you like to chime in? We asked everybody to pick an album that they mm -hmm. loved and why. Uh, what is your album and why? Though, spoiler, we know because Jim told us, but yes. nonetheless... And I do appreciate Jim uh, speaking to my choice so well. Um, I mean, Brandy Carlisle is like a gift that I'm so glad that I found when I did uh, because we've really been able to like follow the trajectory of her career. And, you know, now she's on the Grammys and, you know, singing songs for Pixar films and pairing with Sam Smith and like doing incredible things. And, you know, we've had the pleasure of seeing her in some, really small and beautiful venues over the years and the voice and the music in that woman i just she just i i've said that sometimes music becomes like an otherworldly experience for me where like you're in a space and you're hearing someone play a song but you're also like transcending like it I, to me it gets like it becomes a god moment Brandy Carlisle is one of those people for me. Hmm. I just she takes me. What what about the story record specifically compared to? Because for me, I 
I think I lean towards giving up the ghost. Yeah. I had a hard time because I was so, I mean, because I was looking at first, you know, the Brandy Carlisle album, the self-titled album is, you know, how I, how I discovered her. And I love some of the songs on that album. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I picked the story because it felt like she arrived at like a, Brandy Carlisle, the first album is a beautiful album. But the the rock kicks in a little bit more on the story. Yep. And when I see her in concert, I love when it's just her and a guitar or her and a piano. But like when also when she has a full band with her and she gets that like compliment of sound yeah. and voices, like I I mean she brings down the house. And so I think that's why I lean towards that album there are some songs on that album that are just dynamite songs but also i just felt like she kind of elevated as an artist yeah as of that album awesome, awesome. Yeah. love her she's fantastic um unfortunately this thursday episode will not be about anything as great and as musically talented <laughs> as brandy carlisle um well kelly clarkson is a musical talent kelly clarkson is amazing um the film Kelly Clarkson was forced to make mm. as part of her winning the American mm -hmm. Idol competition, however, is is not great. Mm -hmm. And this Thursday, uh, our returning guest, Em and Sam, mm -hmm. from our fantastic reality uh, television episode, has selected to come back and return with a little film called From Justin to Kelly. Yeah. And we we enjoyed <laughs> having them. <laughs> Their episode was a lot of fun. It was one of the most fun episodes we've done. Most few. Um, so this is few. like that party in college where like you meet someone new for the first time and you're like, this person's awesome. They're a lot of fun. We had such a great night. Like they came to our, they came to our house party and it was great. It was awesome. Then you invite them the next weekend and they shit on your floor. Okay. I'm going to propose an approach to this experience. Um, we've talked in the past about we kill them. No, <laughs> I think to hold up our end of the bargain, we have to watch this movie. the The reward we is to have Justin and Kelly. No, we're gonna have Em and Sam on the on the show again on Thursday. It's gonna be great. Um, we have discussed whether you know we want to watch only great movies, whether we want to watch pop culture films, like what kind of a podcast we're going to have. I feel like we go into this one thinking, how did this get made? Right? Okay. Like, okay. we just, we're approaching it from a different standpoint, right? And so we're not going into this thinking, we're going to enjoy this movie. It's bad. We're going to analyze this movie. We're going to double dragon this movie. Uh, I, I apologize. Who's talking I think you're to this be movie. surprised. Double Dragon is a lot better than this movie. We don't know. We don't know. We know. We're, we are, no, we're we just, we, we didn't know anything about Double Dragon either. You know, Listen, and it was awesome. It, well, yeah. maybe this will be Let me will tell you too. something. If you ever questioned what I would be willing to do <laughs> to get views for this show. I literally the, the, anything. The, the, the <laughs> number of views from our last episode with them on, uh, I would watch from Justin to Kelly. Shit. I know you that, will. That is on the floor. I, we've already discussed your lack of shame. Um, and so there's no question to me. I think you would wear a T-shirt. I'm sure there's a promotional item that we could get for you and have you wear outside wear. of your home studio. We invited them into our house. <laughs> 
and they shit on the floor. No, see, you did not set clear expectations. We've they talked about that you wanted them to pick a horrible movie. We've oh, talked we, about it, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. We had Christopher a Nolan of a major network television show on our program. Yeah. What would Greta think but of this? this? I, but, listen, this is where we have to rise up and not take the snobby road, uh, you know. This is a movie. Right, it right. is a movie, and we well, right. are I movie people. Yeah, yeah, we we, we, we got to save this. Uh, uh, it's time for. We the haven't rundown. even watched it yet. <laughs> time for the rundown. name of the eagle uh news anchor on the muppets uh sam the eagle of course the thank second you. greatest muppet behind fozzy bear thank you very much this is sam the eagle no i don't know what kind of second i want to i want to get his voice right what? it's going to take some work okay <clears throat> christine is having an identity crisis she wants a new name a new school a new house new friends and ultimately a new life she wants something a little shinier than her blue collar california existence when she gets her wish and a chance to walk on the paved side of the tracks, she might start running and never look back. That's it. Mm. That's hey, it. I, short, I like short that but one. sweet. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I think that was a really but, good job. I thank you. Um, For the so, essence of this podcast, I'm going to let the Sam comment slide, <laughs> but that's fucking ridiculous. Use the sound effect. I'm sorry. That's fucking oh, ridiculous. Oh, you're horrible at this. Uh, just trying I, to keep it classy over here trying to keep oh, it classy wow. you're on the wrong show if you're trying to keep it classy <laughs> yeah. right now. um ladybird 2017 greta gerwig um who this film was very highly received uh four oscar nominations multiple golden globes uh, a bona fide i would say smash hit of 2017 mm -hmm. a film that did not cost a lot to make it was a little bit under the radar probably and uh you know has maybe slightly been overshadowed now because she went on to make an unbelievably fantastic version of little women that mm. i think may have been the best movie of last year um but this is her first full feature directorial debut of a film that is an auto basically an autobiographical account in some ways with liberties taken mm -hmm. of her experience growing up in Sacramento in the early 2000s. I did not know that. Yes. That's very interesting. Yes. Uh, she went to a Catholic <laughs> high school like Lady Bird. Her dad was an engineer her mom is a nurse um, and she she will tell you she is nowhere was nowhere near as um, I guess uh, daring as Lady Bird was but gotcha. nonetheless a film that was based on her experiences um, as a teen and mm -hmm. we have on this show have done very many um, teen films our most recent teen film was Ferris Bueller mm -hmm. And I want to start out by saying that I think, and then Katie can tell us why she picked this film, 
But I think this, as a high school teacher, to me, might be close to the most realistic um, depiction of teens that I have seen on film maybe ever, but certainly recently, it's the one that jumped to my mind the most. So Katie, why Lady Bird, this fantastic film? Uh, so this is one of those movies that's, uh, I keep hitting my headphones, I'm sorry. Um, it's floated around my uh, circle of recommendations for the past few years, which is kind of always on the perpetual to watch list. And then when I saw Little Women, a few months ago, it kind of skyrocketed to the top where I was just so impressed with the movie that Little Women is that I wanted to see more Greta. Um, yeah, so that, that's why I, I really wanted to see more of her movies. And this is one of the rare ones that, in fact, it may be the first one that we've done that I can remember where none of the three of us have seen this movie going into it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Usually at least one of the three of us um, for various reasons. If you're running a podcast, if you don't know, sometimes it might not be the most ideal thing to select as a film, but none of us had seen this movie prior Actually, to this viewing. Two weeks in a row, right? Because none of us had seen Dr. Sleep either. Yeah. So we're oh, in a, we're true. in new, new territory. Yes. So new month. territory for yeah. us in both weeks. I thought were good choices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim, what was your let's do initial thoughts, initial thought. I was really pleasantly surprised. I not shocked because I had I had uh, loved Little Women. I also really enjoyed Francis Ha, which Greta stars in, but helped to co-write with Noah Baumbach, um, which is on Netflix. And I highly recommend she's a very good actress as well. Um, but I was alien. Watch this one with me, which is rare. Mm -hmm wildly pleasantly surprised and loved every second of it what about you i loved it yeah i thought it was great it was uh it was funny it was serious there were it had a little bit of everything it had that like that perfect recipe for a coming of age story which is sort of like you know how teenagers feel it's them versus the world at, at least the smart ones usually feel that way um and it had stereotypes, but it, it also kind of played with them in, in interesting ways, which I, I liked. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like there was not much to dislike about this movie. I was confused by the opening scene. Um, and at one point was trying to figure out if the opening scene happens out of order. Like, and we can talk about this. And I couldn't find anyone online who was also confused. We meant to go back and why were they at a hotel and where were they traveling from? Uh, it was a throwaway line. And it's interesting because I was confused at first, too. They were on college tours. Oh, okay. College tours. Yes. That's they were it. Touring. We were because yes. I when we were trying to revisit, you know, think back to that first scene. Yeah. I thought that the comment was like, the, and that's the end. That's the end of our college. I thought they were driving back from no, her no, no, freshman that, year no. of college or right. And then that yes. we had flashed back. But then no, I was like, but her arm was broken. But then, but then Jim <laughs> yes. was like, yeah, but that's the broken arm. And yes, yeah, so then we missed it. That oh, was college uh, tours. Sam, Sam that's not me. That's the dog. <laughs> 
we're trying to keep our dog from yeah. being. It does a look total like Katie's jerk. rubbing my back to calm me it down. Does. She has been running around our house crying for the first 15 minutes of the podcast. And so we are attempting to keep her calm by putting her on a chair between two As we've talked about on this show before, this really, we've disguised this podcast. It's really couples therapy for Katie and Jim. And I have have said we should have a therapy animal in our session. Oh, Scout is the reverse therapy animal. Scout will give you anxiety. I want some some therapy animals in there to make things a little better. Oh my gosh. Um, Scout brings out the anger and the stress. Yeah. Well, we've we've answered, we've solved the one problem with this film. Where were they? Yeah, yeah, so. okay, that made sense. And so, like, yeah, it starts with that scene of them laying in bed uh, at the hotel, and then immediately they start to bicker about whether you should make the bed or not. And um, yeah, it kind of goes from there. And that that relationship is really the key to the whole movie. So it's it's uh it's interesting. And that. That snapshot in the car kind of is a micro, it's a little vignette, right? That shows you yes. all of the shades of their relationship. How they escalate so each it's other. It's kind and, of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. So I, I went into this movie really not knowing anything about it. Um, which Agreed. I think which I think is I, my same. preferred <laughs> my preferred way to view. I film. had remembered that <laughs> from um from Beanie Feldstein's uh armchair expert that she had mentioned being in this movie and so i knew that she was in it again she uh is incredible love her just like book smart um a sweeter character than book smart mm-hmm. you know just yes. like a really um more sweet real yeah yeah. I mean, yeah more real yeah like, and I, I don't want to say more simple but i, I it's hard no, I th- I do think the characters in this film are more real. I yeah. do. I think, you know, as Jim said, you still get those stereotypes, which are going to exist in... Yeah. That, I mean, stereotypes are just based on forms of humans, right? So, like, yeah, like, you, you have the rich kids and the not rich kids. And in a community in California, in a community in most suburban areas, you're going to have that. And there's going to be that, um, that power dynamic, right? Um and so you definitely see that, but I, I do. I thought the the characters were less flashy yeah. than you see in a lot of teenage films. You know, it it did just feel like you were kind of following along two friends. And I, I like the I like what she did with you know the lighting and the coloring. Um, I felt like all of that. You know, whereas Booksmart felt a little bit like neon 2020 (laughs) feminists on steroids um this was like i don't know you know a little bit slower a little bit softer a little bit grittier yeah right like she is she has like a a female um holden caulfield thing going oh yeah right like it's it is very much that type of story of of kind of trying to figure out who you are and where you fit um and going away to try to find that yeah and that uh misplaced confidence and ego right (laughs) um which holden also has where you know and i and i think greta handles that perfectly where as the viewer you see the flaws in all of the characters 
And so you don't, though you definitely, you sympathize with different characters at different times, right? Like, so there's no character that you're kind of like rooting for through the whole film, not even your protagonist, I don't think. I think it depends on the situation because you see them change with the obstacles that arise and the people that they're with. Yeah, they, every time, what I loved about the writing of this film, and there's two things about it. I love her writing. I, and we'll talk, we're going to do Little Women in a, a few episodes yes. as well. And I love some of the choices she made there as well. I think her ability to get tone mm-hmm. in a script is really impressive for someone who's done a few films now. Yeah. Um, and she's really starting to turn into like a filmmaker. There's a few of them. I was thinking today, like who are some filmmakers? Like if they put something out now, I want if the second theaters open again. I want to go back and see it. Christopher Nolan's right. Obviously one Ryan Coogler is one. Yeah. And now I feel like two, both films I've seen of hers and the other one that she co-wrote is one because she has this immaculate sense of every time you perceive something's going to happen and she's going to fall back into some trope that other movies have done. Yeah. And it feels like it's going to go there and she doesn't do it. And she's now pulled it off. Interestingly for me in two very different types of films, one which was completely original. And then obviously little women, which is an adaptation that's extremely well known and has been put on film so many different generations. Yeah. yeah, I would say the only other two that I sort of have that feeling of right now, and I don't even know it's not quite there, is Alex Garland and um the the guy who's doing Dune, um Villanueva. Oh, Dennis Villanueva. He's another one too. Villanueva. Yeah. Like that's Arrival are- and and Blade Runner twenty forty nine were unbelievable. Mind blowingly good. You should yeah. see if you've never seen prisoners, watch prisoners. Okay. It's yeah, yeah. A whole different that, but that's what I mean. Like those are all people, and I think you list all of them, right? So, Katie, we were talking about like directors, and I think like the two films she's directed are so vastly different. Mm-hmm. Like Christopher Nolan, Dennis Villeneuve, like Jim said, Alex Scott, they're so different. But yeah. the tone, the pacing, the ability to defy normal conventions in yeah. the genres that they're doing, and, and tell the story, it, yeah. Yeah, but she pulls up like there were two instances I was watching and I was like, is this going to fall into it? One was the teacher with Benny, you mm-hmm. know, her friend. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, she's in love with him and he's being nice oh my to God. her. Is this going to turn into one of those things mm-hmm. where it's and no, it, it, it like but it's all so brilliant because it's point of view. Yep. Like you get the scene and it's like being told from her point of view of how he feels. And then you see a neutral point of view and it's the wife's pregnant and everything. And he clearly loves her as a student, but it's nothing like I love that. And I love the handling. And Katie kind of brought this up already of there are stereotypes, but it's not they don't play into them too much. Like they have the rich kids. But I thought the way that they were designed is they're not awful people. They're obviously they're, they fall into some of the tropes of the rich mm-hmm. kids. And but I think they're pretty valid, yeah. honestly. And but she doesn't go over the top with it. And I, I'm just really impressed with, you know, a few films in that she's written. Each one seems to pull that off and we've talked about movies where it's a director's 10th film or a writer's is written a thousand films and they don't pull it off and she balances it perfectly in in her films yeah so watching this film i felt um 
it was interesting for me comparing Little Women to this movie, thinking I can absolutely see how both of these films were made by the same person. But also, as you said, they are wildly different in their style and approach. Mm-hmm. And so having seen both, I felt like I watched Lady Bird and thought like, that was a really good movie. That, like, that was a really well done film. Little Women is a masterpiece, right? Like it, so it was neat to see, for me, her development as a director and identify this as like, wow, like, I, I don't know how, mo- how many movies she made before Lady Bird, but this seems well, it was, like it was... She made a short. She okay, even, I was going to say, like, this was like her, her first major yes, this film. this was her right? full feature, yeah. Um, so for that to be your first film that feels like you hit that right out of the park, right? Like incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to see little women, I, I don't know, like, where do you go from there? Like, <laughs> I, I, I just big, think big women, do you want, what, big do, women. Do, do, do you want to know what she's doing? Tell me Barbie. Oh God, please say no with Margot Robbie. Okay. Okay. So it'll be, right. if, if it has yeah. like a Lord Miller type vibe, yeah, Okay. Vibe like like the but she's yeah. she's has complete control of okay. it though. So if it's like might if be it, the only Barbie I um, ever if it yeah, goes that twenty one Jump Street mm-hmm. vibe yes. or like or oh, Lego no, movie it, no it's it'll gonna be, be great that. okay yeah. it'll be great is it going her, so is it it's a it's a live action or it's it's gonna, no an it's animated. gonna be a live like a live action bar I I have uh, a lot of I'm faith nervous. in those two okay because they are both very confident in what they do. In fact, what impresses me about her, I think, is that confidence, which sometimes you don't see in directors. It's almost like Spielberg when he was young. She wrote this and then Noah Baumbach, who she wrote with and did Francis Ha and other things with, you know, he said to her, she she wrote it and did this. And he goes, you know what? I'll direct this for you. Wow. And I, I don't know if he put pressure on her or what. I, it's unclear from what I've read. So but Noah is a marriage story. From marriage yeah. story. So yeah. her ex-husband. No, well, no, no. It's oh. Jennifer. He was. She was just friendly with him. It's oh, Jennifer. I'm... That's supposed to be Jennifer Jason. That's Lee. right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wait, but, aren't they? They're not dating. Greta, no. Greta, she's, and Noah. Not. No, no, she's married and has kids oh, and everything. All right. Sorry. Um, but she said after a couple of weeks, "No, I'm doing this. This is my voice. This mm. is mm-hmm. what." But I love that she did that because most people probably wouldn't have had confidence in themselves. And I think that carries mm-hmm. over when we talk about little women, when we'll do that movie and the choices she makes there, she is just confident in the vision she has. Yeah. And that comes through. And that's what, like all those other directors we talked about directors, you have to th- see in a theater. They are all confident in themselves to do various styles, various things and deliver on it. Yeah. This is there. There are st- there's stuff in this story that is just present because it's real and it doesn't need an explanation like her, her brother and, and his, his girlfriend and they don't have, there's clearly like a deep background and character development there, but it doesn't need to be on screen because it's not appropriate. It, well, it's not that it's not appropriate, but it's not. Doesn't move the story. It doesn't move the story forward. And we get to know how they are as people around each other enough to kind of fill in the blanks. And we get to know about her, her parents and her teachers and Mm. um, yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the, the kind of triple threat of the, the nun of sister Sarah Joan, the um, priest 
and the gym teacher was one of my favorite parts because they are all funny and quirky and different in their own ways. And I felt like all the adults were treated without stereotypes, which is so interesting to do in a movie like this because typically in a teen movie, the point of view of parents and adults is is very much stereotypical and very much one-dimensional, which is appropriate because that's how we feel as teenagers. But I think telling their stories in a much richer way lends an era of like depth to how people are reacting to each other. Like there's everybody in this movie has a is sort of has a pain that is she's sort of like playing with and it's super interesting to me. I did. I particularly loved how she handled uh, the, the sister, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, we talked in uh, what was the movie that we were watching? Oh, we were watching Ferris Bueller mm-hmm. and talking about how, you know, movies from the 80s that depicted teachers like teachers were horrendous. Right. Well, John Hughes hated teachers, yeah. apparently, because there's never <laughs> a good depiction of one in any of his films. Uh, well, and then, I mean, book smart. We have the teacher who's like going to sleep with <laughs> yeah. well, does sleep with a student, you know. <laughs> yes. um, and so we have a lot oh, and, of examples and the principal of who's really, like oh, doing Uber. And, yeah. yeah. Lift. Yep. That's a, <laughs> ha- and has like it, power he issues. Was, yeah. Was, with yeah. Uh, the student council. Yeah. Um, so I, I, to me, this presentation of the the sister um, just felt so real to me. You know, like somebody in a position of power who also still has a sense of humor and can, like, you know, toe the line, like do their job, um, but also like laugh with teenagers when they do just silly things. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I, I it ultimately that. wasn't something that was super disrespectful. I mean, it, it kind of was, but it's also like, it, it, it treads awful. the line. Like if yeah. you do that to someone who has a sense of humor. Yeah. And I thought it was funny that like Lady Bird didn't, didn't, as far as I can tell, didn't know that the, the nun had a sense of humor that would, would laugh that off. I don't know because so re- dial back to in the uh, yeah. classroom, her best friend basically says, like, you love sister. Like, you love yeah, Sister yeah. Joan, That's you know? True. And she's trying to impress cool. the, the yeah. rich girl, and she's going to be, you know, I'm going to go wreck her car or whatever. Um, yeah, so she definitely... Yeah. She knew that the sister was, you know, pretty cool. I, to me, like, there were a lot of parts of this movie, and I was just wondering if everybody had the same reaction, where... I it just felt very true to my high school experience. Um, I was never a 18 year old female and no 18 year old female talked to me when I was 18. So I'm not (laughs) sure if this, no, but that was what that's part of my question though, Brian, because I, I, you know, as, as a woman, sometimes it's hard to figure out like what parts of your experience were gendered and what parts weren't, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and so that like the identity piece of like, you know, and I'm sure it happens for people at different times, but, you know, still like senior year of high school, like still not being like secure in who you are and, you know, like, tr- like playing the like friend up game. Um, I don't know. Like I, I was wondering watching this. I'm like, is that, is that a universal story? Um, or, you know, are different people going to connect with this movie in different ways? Well, I think Mm. that's the key with her directing, though. And I think that and what's interesting to me is 
I, I think female directors a lot of times are hampered critically and by people's perception that they can only make certain types of films. And I think that's beginning to change, thankfully, recently, you know, over the past 10 years, because if you go back more than 10 years, there are very few female directors who are being given real opportunities. And we've even seen like Olivia Wilde, we all enjoyed Booksmart, did a really good job. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember what her next movie is, but she's landed an awesome cast based off of this. And I bet her new movie will be great. But I, I think there's a, and, and female viewers would be able to talk to it more. There's, there's an authenticity that they allowed a female to write and direct this movie and it's done by it. And I think it probably means more and hits more closely to what your experience was. But that doesn't invalidate Jim or I's ability to watch that. Mm-hmm. And what's what I enjoy is finally people are realizing that where women were forced for 50 some odd years to watch men's point of view. And it was like, well, this is that. So maybe men were getting it more with that experience. But of course, women could still watch the movie. But it's just well, like the last decade that we I were able to say, question, wait, though. we can do that. Like, right. it's still a great movie. But maybe it connects more. Maybe there's parts of its subtleties that Jim and I can't get that you're picking up. But that doesn't hinder us from enjoying it or seeing it and experiencing and saying, oh, wait, that still connects with us. The difference right. is now they're letting women do it, whereas before they're like, oh, a woman couldn't do that because it has to be a woman's story and no man's going to want to watch that. That's just bullshit. And this yeah. movie helps well, prove that. And I think that's my my question is like, certainly there's part of the female experience that is specific to being female. Um, but I was wondering, it, it felt like a lot of this movie was just about being a teenager, right? And so... I was wondering if, you know, as a male viewer, and, and I'm sure that that is still a harder line to cross. Yes. Because, yes, mm-hmm. women have been asked to empathize with male characters much more than men well, even, have been asked even to empathize worse, with female characters. Even worse, they've been asked to empathize with female characters who are depicted by male directors yes. in really weird ways. Well, yes. yes. <laughs> but you know what? I... Uh, the best explanation of this I ever heard when it was really interesting. And I, and when I heard it, I started to watch films in a different way. And it was when Christopher McQuarrie was giving an interview about when he wrote um, the first mission impossible film he directed and he created a female character um, in it. It was Elsa who we saw last week as Rose, the hat amazing actress. And he said, well, when I wrote it, what I, he goes, my issue with action movies is that every female character in an action movie was written to act like a man, but it just happened to be a woman playing it. And he goes, I really worked hard with Rebecca Ferguson to make this a woman who was actually an action star. And it was like the mindset of that. And I think Jim's right. It was like so much of what we saw, even in John Hughes movies, was men to pit. Now, it doesn't mean it was bad characterizations or anything like that, and but it was still seen through that prism. And then women were expected to watch it, and it would be fine, and you could do that. What I like about this is you can still watch it. It doesn't matter who's directing it, but maybe there is something more or less you take out of it, but it doesn't affect us as males watching it at all. I felt this was still a teen experience. And I think maybe it, there was more authentic nature or things that like Aileen loved it, that she picked up or you might've picked up. 
And I think that's fine, but it doesn't, it didn't change my experience. I thought it was great. And I actually thought this is the perfect person to be directing a movie about a female going through these experiences. Mm -hmm. That's a good movie. Yeah. And like, for example, the car scene after Ladybird catches Dan, her boyfriend, making out with a guy in the thing, and they go in and cry listening to Dave Matthews. I think that was handled in such a way that honestly, I don't think a teenage guy would be getting in a car like that. Yeah. I don't know if a man would be able to direct that sequence in that way or the two, uh, the scene at the end in the prom when Lady Bird, I just, those are the things where I felt it felt more authentic to me than if you had a 35 year old white guy directing the movie. Yeah. Just well, to I, be fair, I better think or worse. like, absolutely a female director is going to be able to writer and director is going to be able to depict female relationships better a hundred percent um but i appreciated that i i think she did write this movie to be something that everyone could consume yes and relate to like to me the experiences that that character has are the experiences of growing up and not necessarily growing up female, just growing up and figuring out who you are in the world. Yeah. there. And I will say to the Dave Matthews point, I loved how that is handled in the movie and it comes up again. It comes up two more times, I think. So Timothy Chalamet plays, I forget his name. Jerk uh, face. Jerk. jerk but he, he is the closest thing we get to a really hardcore stereotype. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, reading the uh, hist- oh Howard Zinn's yeah, yeah. history of the world. Yeah, so he, he is shop, he is the classic like. I forgot to bring props on tonight. Um, he's the classic guy. Everything's who, organic. Who thinks he's smarter than everyone else? Um, he's probably going to be a philosophy major in college. We've already talked about them. Com oh, majors, yeah. we don't we don't like <laughs> philosophy majors. He's the guy uh, at Dave Bailey's house who used to stand in the hallway back to the kitchen talking yeah. about Nietzsche. Yeah. yeah, I dated that one. Oh, that not that one. <laughs> no, not that one. That, was, uh, that, that, one, one. that one was a lot more fun. This yeah. is a different one. Um, but he he says something like, "Oh, I hate that song." And Lady Bird is actually that's when she sort of like takes a stand and says, "Like, no, I love this song." Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, and I appreciated that because as a musician and someone who likes, who has always liked Dave Matthews, um, lots of musicians and people who don't would, would talk poorly of Dave Matthews because of whatever reason they're, they don't like something that's so popular. Um, they're fucking wrong. Well, yeah. ah, thank wrong. you. I like that that scene is a slow build Yeah, because it becomes her turning point, right? Like like prom night becomes her turning point, but it starts with her sitting with her family and them saying to her, you're not, you're not going to go get in the car of somebody who honked for you. Right. You're not. And and she says like, I, I think I am. I think I am. And they would. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was the whole thing, like where he did all this stuff to her and he said, you're still going to go to prom with me. Right. Like yeah. that was such a high oh, so cringy, line. so, so cringy. But it was so but yes, real. but relatable, so yeah. relatable, so real. And so then there's this beautiful, and you hear their conversation of her as she's like walking yeah, to the car, yeah. and then she kind of like catches the end. So there's all of these cringy moments there, and it's them, it's him 
putting down the song that is her like and, and it's the fact that that song is connected to the moment with the previous boyfriend right, right. where it's and, like no nope, yeah. i Julie. remember what real friendship is and what and real relationship like even though that guy clearly her first boyfriend was gay yeah he treated her with love and respect and care right like she had a better relationship with him than she ever had with timothy right. chalamet and, yeah Right. Oh, and absolutely. I love the scene where he comes to apologize to her. Yeah. Um, so, and they didn't, they didn't use that as a trope, right? Where right. I'm going to be cool. So I'm going to stab him in the back and let everybody know either, which I thought was great. They just, def she constantly defied things that would have been easy setups and other, like, well, I think writing setups and other, films. I think she started to realize like when once Timothy Chalamet sort of, you know, hurt her, she started to realize other ways that other people were hurting a little bit, right? Like her, her family, her, her teachers, her, you know, she, and her best friend. Um, and I want to wait until Katie gets back to talk about the, the kind of the reuni reuniting of Julie and, yes. and Lady Bird, because they, about, you know, the, the, the middle third of the movie, they, they don't quite have a falling out, but they, I guess they do sort of, it's not over anything specific, but they Ladybird sort of moves away and starts wanting to hang out with the with well, the cooler crowd and and kind of leaves Julie behind a little bit. But I thought that was I thought that was done in a really good and interesting way because yeah. there is not necessarily that falling out. It's that like here's somebody who maybe wasn't dating somebody of a different crowd. Yeah, yeah. got involved in it. And it's like you just kind of at that age, that becomes everything. Right. right. And you get hold into that sphere yeah right and there wasn't but i like that and to get back to it in a way that was real was interesting in a way that i thought wasn't there yeah you know a so, movie that i was that i was drawn to and this might seem like completely out there um but again in, in a good way is i kept thinking of a league of their own in huh. the sense that and let me explain why though because I thought, and this gets back to this idea, because I don't want to make this seem like, oh, he's impressed that there's a female director, but it ties back in this idea. Like Penny Marshall directed that movie and you wouldn't like everything about that movie is amazing. And it's again, it's like this idea that for so many years, female directors, and we'll talk about it with other movies we have upcoming because there's stuff about it, like are, are told like, oh, if it's going to be a female movie, it's going to be something like, uh, you know, that no male's going to want to watch. And it's just such bullshit. And this movie does deliver in the same way that the majority of the characters are female. The majority of the point of view is female. Mm. And but that doesn't come into your mind. You yeah. don't almost don't sit there thinking that because it's so well written. And it just it, it, it's almost upsetting that it's like there's this big gap from like when a league of their own is and, and things. And it's like how many other movies could have been done in a way that were done by somebody else where the writer who was female wasn't given the opportunity to follow through on the vision. And it's just like, it's, it's almost reassuring and exciting that, you know, in the last few years they're given opportunities mm -hmm. to actually do this. And the end result is it's not a female director. It's just amazing movie. It happens to be female. And again, she's on that list of people like I, even though I'm like Barbie, really? I'm yeah. like, I can't wait to see what she wants to do next. Yeah. Because yeah. I think she's so brilliant 
and how she develops characters. Right. Yeah, it's so, really exciting. She, she excites me. She excites me. So we have, you know, Julie and and Lady Bird kind of growing apart, and Lady Bird realizing that all these new friends are kind of shitty, and then, you know, Dave Matthews comes on in the car on the way to prom, and she she decides she no longer wants to be with these people, and she gets them to drop her off at Julie's house. Um, which is basically an apartment from Booksmart. Booksmart. The Booksmart apartment. Do you think it is? I mean, they don't show you the outside, but what do you mean the Booksmart apartment? That's where that's the same kind of It's kind I guess you're right. It's kind of this well, it's not exactly the same. I was thinking more of like it reminded me of like the Neptune from No, no, no. That's where uh, what's what's it called? What's her name in Booksmart? Veronica Mars? Yeah. No, so Julie, where she lives in this movie. Is very similar to where she lives in Booksmart. It is very close. Thank you. Actually. But you, you the close. interior that you get of her apartment in Booksmart is mostly her bedroom. Right, right, but, right. And right, then right. the True. exterior True. of the apartment, which, so if you yeah. match those things up, yeah, you're it's right. the same. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, she comes in and, and it's clear that Julie had no intention of going to prom. Um, None whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to talk about that scene because I thought it was pretty incredible. Um, and I, I forget, she says, uh, you know, she's just crying on the couch when Lady Bird comes in. Oh, yes. Yeah, and she says, uh, I forget what Lady Bird Why says. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? And she said, some people were just not born happy or or not made happy or something like that. Yeah, it's like not It's like nothing one thing. Nothing happens. But this today. is the this is just straw. Like No, this is just me. Like this like I'm just yeah. Well, no. I mean, she, it's prom night. We know why she's cry- like th- there is a thing. <laughs> there is a thing. It's not like that's not what she means. She me- I, I at least I didn't take it that way. I took it as it's not just me crying over something silly like prom but yes it is also me crying about prom if that makes i don't know i took it more as like a glimpse inside of a character who again defies the expectation of what you see on screen uh portrayed in many movies Uh in that you get a glimpse into somebody who kind of keeps it together on the outside and does the like happy teenager thing and sometimes sits at home and cries at night and yeah. that's normal. Okay. Love it. I don't know. Can we, we have to talk about um, Lady Bird's parents. Oh my oh, God. So good. Because the performances. Yeah. Yeah. Were so, so good. It's like, I mean, I can't imagine what? how hard that was for Laurie Mc. Have to, like those well, to, oh my god i mean i listen really right, or, right or wrong my my thought of her obviously is um from being on roseanne, roseanne. which just because when we grew up roseanne sure. was the big show and all that type of stuff she oscar nominated yeah uh, was phenomenal so good. One, yep. I, I honestly, I, I think in a supporting role, one of the best supporting roles we've seen in almost 100 episodes. Yeah. That's how good 
she was with that. Guy. And again, I liked that it, you know, again, I didn't know that this was autobiographical. Somewhat. I don't know if her mom was to that level, but I mean, but it was... I appreciated that, you know, you oftentimes get the distant father, the absent father, the abusive father. Um, and these parents, you could not easily put them into boxes, right? Like, you know, was mom emotionally abusive at times? You, probably if you took little snippets. Yes. <laughs> Um, but when you look at their relationship on the whole and see the give and take between the two of them, mm -hmm. it's just a raw and real relationship. And then when you get dad in the mix of like loving the heck out of these two people and his pain at watching them struggle, I just thought that was really well done. Well, I what I found really interesting was a two things about that relationship. One, for better or worse, having a wife who is a student counselor, you know, the idea that when she throws in line, she's like, well, I was raised by an abusive alcoholic. Just understanding psychology and stuff informs so much of that relationship and the difficulty that she would have to be able to just express her like. So that alone was amazing. Mm -hmm. And it also ties into this idea that Aileen and I always joke about that when, you know, Claire is 15 or 16, I'll be the one she's talking to because they probably won't be. She, she Aileen always <laughs> says, oh, well, yeah, uh, she probably won't even want to speak to me. So you'll probably be the one who has to do the vast majority of the community. And I, I just there was a, a realness to that on those levels yeah which again if you didn't know that you could still watch the movie and it would be fine but if you think about it and if you're in situations or have had experiences with like that it just expands the quality of the movie that much more i think i think you know the age that we're at right now it's it's interesting because we've talked about how we've gone from relating to the you know the teenage and young 20 characters to now relating more to the parents in the films yeah and in this movie oh. i felt like i could go i i was going well, both ways with that right i will say the hardest thing for me to about this movie is sort of like just not caring why the mother is the way she is mm. because they that is not ex at least it wasn't apparent to me in the, in the first watching why she's so critical to the point of like really like borderline abuse um like mentally um, you see, to me, it, it, that's interesting. I again, I think that throwaway line means more to some people than others. You know, which one? The idea that when she's like, "I was raised by an abusive alcoholic," and like, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is that's a, but that's, but th I think that's fair because that's a reach. You have to, I, I think, in some ways, you have to understand what that would do. The only thing I'll say, which was so interesting to me, was that if you noticed every relationship she had with somebody who was not a family member people were constantly saying how are you it's great to see you thank you so much and she yeah. and that was like but for somebody who's been in a relationship like that it makes sense like she was working and helping and i thought that was the whole thing about the the priest yep. that was 
running late. Like she was able to help all those people. Yeah, she showed compassion and understanding. It was like the relationship she was most. And that is like textbook, like somebody who had been raised by somebody like that was that damaged. Yeah, probably would not be able. But that's that is difficult. That takes another level of understanding. And I think that's a valid criticism if you don't want to think at that level to and understand I think it's, why is she like that? I there. think it's only because she takes it to a level of like how rough she is on Ladybird is, is, is pretty, it's pretty awful to a certain point. So I did want to talk, I mean, we're getting pretty long, but I did want to talk about the ending and sort of what did you kind of take from that? Like, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I quite understand you know, I don't think this is necessarily a story that gets like tied up like a bow and, you know, here's where our characters are going. I don't think it's that type of story. But Katie, what did you like think about the the part where she goes off to New York? Yeah. So the so end? the the so the end scenes are her going away to college in New York and having not spoken to her mother in weeks maybe months since her mother found out that she was waitlisted for a school that lady bird never told her that she applied to. Um, Mm -hmm. And it seems like this, so they've just had a standoff since that point. Um, So she basically gets on the plane without even with not having any conversation with mom. Um, Well, just that she can't come to the, to the right, right, right. Mom, mom refuses to like yeah. engage with her. Yeah. Um, and then she gets to New York and finds that her father has packed the letters that her mom was writing to her at night that she kept throwing in the trash because she was she just didn't feel like she was getting it right. But you get the impression that in that in that stack of paper, she's told Lady Bird a lot yeah. of of like here is here's who I am and why I am and, and my many flaws. Like you just get that impression that she's pouring herself out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we see from Lady Bird is a lot of those like stereotypical freshman year experiences of going away to college, especially leaving your home state town, uh, being in a completely different culture. But then you also see her um, start to shift. So she goes to church and you see that as like a acknowledging of her well, no, of her past, her so, identity. So time out. You missed the the big part. She, she gets off. drunk yeah. and gets sent to the hospital. Yeah. And on literally on the way home, walks into church. It's not like she she's not going to mass. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. But she's drawn uh, but she into ends it. up in church. Uh, right. But to, so to me, that's like this. This it's supposed to be a move towards her. I don't know. Realizing to something. me, it was like. What what I took from it is that she saw she sees the choir singing in church, which she obviously equates with her her high school and and you know her Catholic or or you know Christian upbringing. It feels like home. I I wasn't gonna say it feels like home. I was gonna say it feels like she recognized beauty in it mm-hmm. for like the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, so, like, I think both of those things could be true, or either of those things could be true. Right, but she's away, so she's she looks at it and she says, "Oh, when I was going through it, I didn't quite see it like I'm seeing it now." And then she makes the call to her mom to right. say, "Like, thank you." I'm still not sure that mom ever deserves anything else going forward ever. Yeah, but that's well, fair. Listen, 
not to be autobiographical, but I will be autobiographical. I can say that people have problems expressing their emotions in the case, his mom. Yeah. I still, and I can say this without being too heavy. My dad wrote me a letter on the search retreat. Uh-huh. My dad, who you guys have known, has probably spoken three sentences to you. In oh, we know we text 20 plus me and Dennis ago. text. But he wrote me a letter and I still have that letter yeah. in my top drawer of my dresser to this day. Uh-huh. Because so that rang true to me. And I think that for certain people where that might seem there is. And he certainly was never like her in terms of some of the things he would say but i think that's what they were attempting to get at that 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 probably the damage to her by her parents was so extreme that there was a complete inability to formulate what would be necessarily a healthy relationship yeah. at all, which is problematic. And you get that, I think, in the scene where she doesn't even say goodbye to her, get out of the car, and then she drives back. She just she doesn't know how to show that emotion for whatever reason to yeah. her daughter, but she can show it to all these other characters you know, and yeah. help people. It's 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 pretty raw. Yeah, her son's her a, son's girlfriend takes her in like a daughter, yeah, and but that's what I, and, yeah. and she can do that, and that's I I don't know what that I says. Think that but I think that parenting so is like the hardest job for so many reasons. You think about every other job role membership that you have there are these like clearly defined rules <laughs> right yeah. like as a teacher it's like we you do these things you don't do these things right like here's what this school says is okay here's what this school says is okay you you join a sports team it's like these are the rules <laughs> and i think you get into like parenthood and there it's just this like nebulous like dark <laughs> yeah. it can be and I mean, because like Jim and I, we've had this conversation of like, sometimes you need somebody on the outside to, who can look at what's going on and be like, N- it's like too much, too much, like pull it back. Right. Like <laughs> that's that's why homeschooling right? uh, at a, right? a like, if we didn't have each other, disastrous. I, and yeah. so, you know, I look at that dynamic with the dad and there's a really interesting thing happening there. where like he does struggle to say to his wife, like. No. Well, he has right? his like, own stuff. Going shut on. it down. Yeah. Like you like yeah. way too much. Like you see like a very timid, like, oh, is now really the time? <laughs> right. Like, but he doesn't have a strong voice yeah. to her, against her, with her. Um, and so she leads that show. And I think like she doesn't see it. Right. Like she she's no. in the dark swirly stuff and she's not seeing what she's doing to that kid. Real depictions. Yes. Yeah. In this movie, and, and yeah, yeah. But, by the way, we talk about it heavy, and it's funny too. Like that's what I yeah. mean. Oh my god, there Literally are some everything. really, really uh, funny parts. Great, balance really of it. funny. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, an absolute must-watch. Yes, I agree. All right, it is time for game of the week. Here we go. All right, here we go. Game of the week. This one I think is a little challenging, but fun. So we're playing keep two, cut two. We have to keep two of these groups, cut two of these groups. What I picked were best friend characters Mm -hmm. in high school age movies that we've done. Mm. 
which two would we want to keep and which uh -huh. two do we want to get rid of? All right, here are our choices. Lady Bird and Julie, obviously uh -huh. from this movie. Ferris and Cameron uh -huh. from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Amy and Molly from Book Smart. Uh -huh. And Preston and Denise from Can't Hardly Wait. I've got it. I got, I got mine too. <laughs> right. This was right. easy for me. Yep. Okay. I'm keeping Lady Bird and Julie and Preston and Denise. I'm cutting Ferris and Cameron and Amy and Molly. All right. All right. Jim, what do you have? I'm taking, uh, also taking Preston and Denise. Okay. And I'm also, and I am taking Amy and Molly from Booksmart. Mm. Ooh. Cause I, their relationship, I, I feel like where we get Lady, at least where we get Lady Bird and Julie in this movie is not their best. Of their relationship, very fair. That's right, and that's so like, very fair. so like, Amy and Molly mm. are. I think you could argue that the other direction as well. No, it's but the best from a dramatic, I, right, like right, a right, real right, right, right. What I mean, no, not not. What I mean is that they. I feel like Amy and Molly knew who they were in that movie, and they drift from that, and then come back to it. I feel like neither Lady Bird or Julie are know who they are even at the end of this movie. Mm. And so like I don't know who they are as a team. Okay. Okay. That's very fair. But Preston and Denise, Jesus Christ. I so my problem with uh Amy and Molly is the fight scene cuz <sighs> you know you and I have talked about like how couples fight, how yeah. how you fight in relationship. And to me there is like a line if you cross that line, like there's no coming back. You've revealed the inside of your character. I don't care how angry you are. I don't like mm. if you that can use on, those words. So what, what happened? What happened? Fiance this week. That's what happened. <laughs> but what, but this happened. is why I think Olivia Wilde did something really, really smart in that moment. Mm -hmm. What does she say? Where's the line? Because mm. they they don't they they don't actually tell. You don't get to hear all the things that they're saying to each other. Yeah, you're right. It was more of like the the energy. Yeah, it the, was yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah. But even that, like, I, you know, I, I don't know. It just to uh, me, it felt like I don't know. If this is the person that you love most in life. Yeah. Right. Like I, you should respect though. them enough to not. They're also teenagers. I don't know. That's the part. The dance, uh, though. Come on. Yeah. I love the dance. Yeah. I so love the dance. Girl. All right. I love I'm the pants. I'm going to take Ferris and Cameron. The weakest choice. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I like it. They hate each other. They love each other in the way that you and I love each other. No. And <laughs> you might have a that's much more why equal power. Def def yeah, that's why Dennis doesn't speak to me because we wrecked his Ferrari. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to take Preston and Denise. Yeah, that's, it's hard. That's our bias, I think, from when we probably saw See, the movie. The funniest no, thing about Preston and Denise is that their relationship is so great and developed so well in so little time that they spend most of the movie apart. Yep. And, and you don't even it. care. Yep. Yeah. No, you don't. But I loved all, all four of them. So they were all great. Yeah. All right. Time for five questions. Here we go. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, here we go. Five questions Katie is answering this week. 
One of my favorite scenes in the movie. Here we go. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Katie, uh, church wafers is snacks. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I forgot to mention. I waited because I knew this question. I love that girl who comes to admonish yeah, them about fantastic. She is awesome. <laughs> with, the, with the hair, with the braids. No, I don't care if they're not consecrated. That that scene gave me the heebie-jeebies. No, can't do it. Do you want do you want some inside uh, news here? Do you know if you have somebody who's uh, needs to be gluten free? They have gluten free wafers. I do. We have them at our school. Actually, give the priest the the secret sign when you go up. And is it like GF? And you go. Yeah, I don't know, but Aileen has to do it because you punch him in the in the stomach. Um, uh, gluten-free wafer our dog is being a little twerp right now she's doing weird stuff all kinds of noises you're gonna you you might need to go she was just running around in circles in the dining room question two would you rather be taught by nuns or jesuits oh so i've been taught by both and I think the That's time, I yeah, I think the time at which they came into my lives definitely played my life, one life, uh, plays a part in this. I I have to go with the Jesuits. The Jesuits taught me how to question. They taught me how to be confident in my questions. They taught me how to uh, serve in a different way than I had learned before. I I have to go with the Jesuits, and mm. they're they're the Jedi. But I love I I've had I love the nuns. Just wait till you I watch do. Dune and the Benny Jesuit are women. I love the Jesuits. You women know, Jesuit I, you know, Jedi. Well, you know, I always said and it's if, Rebecca if, Ferguson. If they had taken women, women Jedi, Jedi. You may have had awesome. to find another wife. Yeah. All right, yeah. fill in the blank question. Here we go, Katie. If you were caught in your uh, you caught your high school boyfriend making out with another boy in the bathroom stall, the first words out of your mouth would be okay. Blank. First words we can't say. Here we can, but I got the button. Uh, we had the beeper. Ah. Question answered. Question answered. (laughs) All right, fair. All right, here we go. Uh, Question four, favorite question. Favorite bird. Ooh, this is a hard one. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Jim has always told me I have a very weak bird. Yeah, Yeah, very weak bird. giving the finger. Um, Man, I do. I really enjoy birds. I do. I I like them a lot. Ostrich. I I saw an ostrich bite her one time. I did have an ostrich attack me once. Yeah, Yeah, they're very aggressive. They're very aggressive creatures. Um... I don't know. I love them all. I'll go with uh, today. I'm going to go with the hummingbird. I like how right. fast they fly. I like they're tiny. I like their little the heartbeat. long little noses. They have the heartbeat at the Franklin. Institute. They're super cool. It's crazy. You super like cool. a good hummer. Okay. Oh, Brian. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> all right. Finally, the thought question. Uh, if you could pick any year of your life to turn into a film, what year would it be? It would definitely be 1999. I'd say like in my life, the year of 18 to 19 was like the most drama filled. Um, and so in terms of like finding story to depict on screen, we have a lot to choose from from that I year. Love it. Yeah, love it. Jim, do you have a one you want to? Is that in? is that the same the same year, Brian? Is that the junior year, Jim? No, it's not. That's, no, no. That's, that's the next year. Sophomore year, two thousand. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would like the year we lived at Seville. I think there's a little. Oh, oh that's that a good a year. year too. That was a fun year. That's like a happy-go-lucky. Yeah. The really year. great endings. Yeah, no big conflict. Though, right? I feel like for a movie, like, you gotta have like a little. Yeah. 
old school doesn't have much conflict and you still get away with it. Um, and that's five questions. Remember, like, share, subscribe. We're back Thursday night watching a godforsaken pile of trash called from Justin. <laughs> we invited Thank you, Sam and M. We invited them to our home. You they shat on the floor. No, you asked for this. They we shat asked for this. on the floor. We told them we they could pick to, any movie. Uh, listen, yes, Roger and I blame Brian for this because I said, had to watch all the movies. I didn't think anybody would. Cross I said that line. you can pick that, any movie you want, and Brian said pick something that will piss Jim off. What yeah. he did not say was pick something what? that will piss the world off. Well, I know <laughs> some people just want to watch well the world burn, you Brian. Know the Joker from unrealistic expectations. I am, I am, I am, I am reminded of the Joker from the Dark Knight. Some people just want to watch the world burn. And Tyler Durden, I just oh, wanted to destroy a yeah. beautiful thing. Listen, who's Tyler I, Durden? That's a horrible from, name. What's uh, that? Fight Club. Oh, I, I just wanted I to destroy that. a beautiful thing. I gotta rewatch that. Don't worry, because when we come back with our next real movie episode, we are celebrating a special birthday of a little film called Caddy Shack. If you're so inclined, haven't seen that in a long time. Fantastic oh my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's a tenuous movie at best. It, Brian is holding it up is, Caddyshack, The Making of a Hollywood Cinderella. The fact story. that it Such that it exists as a film is crazy when you when you think oh. about what oh, it, it is. is. And wait till you hear the stories from the book. Where okay, I can I'm really excited fill about you that. in what that was in. Uh, like, share, subscribe, all those other fun things. And we will see you for Justin McKelly. Yeah, it's going to be great. Everybody come back on Thursday. It's going to be a hoot. A hoot and a holler. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>